Welcome to the Rogues Alliance Actual Play Podcast, where a few friends sit down every two weeks to play some games and record the fun for you, the listeners. Now that our heroes have escaped the prison, they have to deal with the emotional trauma that affects them all. Each member takes time to cope in their own way while they cool down from their previous mission. How badly was Valen affected by his time with the Empire? Find out next in episode 22, Aftershocks. To start, let's go around the room, though, and of course, as always, let everyone know who we are. Uh, I'm Jamie, I'll be your DM today, the GM, I guess. I'm Britt, and I'm playing Cass, the Ace Gunner. I am Andrew, I'm playing Davagulat, the Duros Mechanic Slicer. I'm Jason, I'm playing Vectilma, the Human Demoman. I'm Alan, and I am playing Godolo, Corellius Freest Son. <laughs> I'm James. I'm playing Zero B One, the droid who wanted to be a Jedi. <laughs> the trip back is a relatively short one overall. Can we roleplay what we do on the trip? Yes, we can. Before we do, I will say it is my plan tonight before we end to do something of a time skip forward because we are essentially moving into what I, I consider season two of our story, and some things are changing. And just by that fact, I need time in-game for them to have changed. We're not role-playing through all of that, but we can role-play a bit here, and we can hit a few points. So, you guys are on the Spectre. The Spectre does not dock up with any of the larger ships until you get to Moncal, so you're just on this ship for now. So, I leave it to you then if you want to role-play a bit. Do we know how many people we saved? I'm going to say that you saved about... I don't have an exact number for you. 100 seems a bit too high, so I'm going to say you saved probably about 50 people. Sweet. Sweet. How long is it going to take with medical attention for my throat injury to go away? Because we do have a functioning med bay now. I'd say, yeah, an hour. I understand that Britt has something she wants to do, but let me know when my hour has passed so that Gar is back up to fighting form, as it were. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm not going to say that this is her immediate reaction. Like, her immediate reaction is, oh my god, I need to go to bed, I'm so tired. <laughs> so she goes to bed and sleeps and gets her strain back. Yay. Nope. Gar is boiling. He's just going to the med bay and he's just sitting and waiting and in line behind, I'm sure, what is... <laughs> dozens of rebel casualties. Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's I'm just sitting there quietly seething until I can get up to whatever they have, whoever they have doing medicine, and I go... <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, then, Cass is sleeping. Eventually, unless anyone else has anything immediate... I'd be I've, preparing him. And then I'm probably going to join in a nurse staff. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a rank in medicine, and so if we have this many people who were probably injured... We probably need everyone who has medicine, medical knowledge, or ability. I'll stay in the med bay and essentially just take note of who everybody is. Because I imagine prioritizing injuries is a little bit more than prioritizing background checks and stuff. Yeah. So as you're taking note, two, two people that you meet are in fact two Zabrax. The first one, the rather large, muscly one that you met before, is named Rambu. And he introduces you to his smaller... If Rambu is Vin Diesel, this guy is like Tom Cruise size. Right, like there, there is ooh, there is a market size difference between these two people. But he introduces you to his brother, his older brother, Zombu. All right, so then you do eventually get medical attention, and your throat is healed up. Okay, so I'm gonna crack my neck, roll my shoulders, and do I see back wandered around investigating people's backgrounds? I'm sure you do. Yeah. Good work, good work. <clears throat> Have you seen the royal majesty around anyone? He's taking a nap. Are you? Excellent. I'm gonna start walking that way. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, he is in a bed with an IV attached to him, and he's asleep. Is there a nurse or anything around? Not in immediate distance, no. I'm going to pull the life signs meter off of him. <sighs> a nurse comes running over at this point. <laughs> um, crash, get in hand. Wake him, please. He's undergone serious... That wouldn't be healthy for him. How unhealthy? His internal injuries are extensive... He's had massive amounts of blood loss over a protracted number of days, possibly weeks. Yep, that sounds like what's wrong with him. How unhealthy would it be to wake him? He's not able to take any form of undue stress. How unhealthy is this whole thing going to be? He's going to kill him? Just waking him? No. I'm going to need an intimidation or a charm check. At the moment, I'm gonna, pausing and thinking about this and be like, when's the soonest I can wake him without... Cause an undue harm. He needs a day's rest, at least. We don't have the back to make it any faster right now. I see. I'll be right back to make him a tap on the foot. Keep my friend company. I'm gonna go back to my egg cabin, get my gun, and come back and sit. Yep. 
So yeah, you see me walk up and back out, and then you see me come back in with the the gun. Yes, that thing guard does. It's like, make, make that two days. <laughs> and I'm going to pull up a stool, and I'm going to put the gun across my lap, and my feet on his bed, and I'm going to wait. At some point, the nurse, the same nurse, does pass by and, and notices this, mm-hmm. and has a moment of, Sir, you understood my comment of strain. No, ma'am. It is paramount for this patient to stay in as stress fury an environment as possible for as long as possible. One day. That is what you told me, is it not? That is what I told you for when I can wake him up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Alright. So she kind of gives a shrug and a nod and uh, walks away at that point. And I'm going to pull my hat down and continue to sit. I don't know whether or not you nod off at some point or whether or not you actually see Obi do this, but I'm going to come by and basically... I don't want to call them Jedi prayers, but they're probably Jedi prayers. (laughs) (laughs) So just putting other things into his mind that are not the corruption that's there. Meditation chance, and start working on that. Well, if you've done this a few times, maybe one of them I would have seen. Yeah. I won't interrupt. I won't. Gar's actually being quieter than you've probably (laughs) ever seen him. I'm also going to bring Gar food and drink if he's actually just camping. (laughs) I'm going to kind of give the drink a sniff and just be like, What'd you bring me, LB? Do we have booze? <laughs> there would be, like, moonshine and, like, low-grade beers and that kind of stuff, but, like, do we have anything that he would like? <laughs> moonshine and low-grade beers? Do <laughs> <laughs> I take a sniff of the liquor and just be like, no, not right now. Water, sir? Certainly. I fetch him water. <laughs> so I guess I'm not doing anything for a day unless somebody else is. <laughs> yep. Oh, just after I get my roster... I imagine by that point, the crazy probably bled out, and I want to go to sleep real bad. (laughs) Yep. All right, so the next morning... I have something that's, like, super important to cast that she's going to do as soon as she wakes up. I always say, since Valen was taken, the first thing Cass thinks about when she wakes up in the morning is Valen. Valen is still alive. The last thing that she thinks about before she goes to bed is her brother. So last night, she gets into bed, she's lying in bed, on the specter... And then all of a sudden she has the realization that, oh my god, this is his ship. This is where he lives. He probably has a bed here. He probably has people who have met him. I might be able to find more about him. So, yeah, you spend the next few hours combing the ship, trying to go through files. You know, even so much as looking at names on doors to see if maybe it says a Wakewake K on one of them. <laughs> and I do want to stop in, check in on Valen, just kind of a pass-by, not be the yeah. sad, pathetic woman sitting by his bed. We'll, uh, we'll get to that, because like I said, this is taking a few hours, yep. so in that time, where has your B1 been through the night? Because I need to know that for the description of this next scene. With that discovery, he's actually gonna go talk to Gar. Okay, not yet, he isn't. When? Well, essentially through certain parts of the night, as described, Davik has been re- helping repair 0B1, which has restored some of 0B1's memory files. Huh. But, that said, it's fairly early in the morning, and I'm assuming Gar is, you know... I mean, Gar's never been that much of an early riser anyway, has he? No, not usually. Okay, plus, you know, that was a fairly exhaustive day. You've had your med, but... So, Gar is sound asleep, legs kicked up, gun, you know, across his lap. Keep in mind, down. my feet are on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, it is Valen's voice going, Gar? That wakes you. And then can I give a smile? Your mage? Your eyes open, you see that Valen himself seems to kind of just be waking up. He's got that kind of like half-groggy look that people who are sedated often have as they're kind of coming back from it. I'm going to check my data pad to see if the time has elapsed. The 24 hours? Yep. Yes, it has. Your mage, you and I need to have a talk. Okay. Kind of looks at you neutrally, essentially. I'm going to put my feet back down on the floor and I'm going to lean over my gun. So, how you want to have it? He seems a bit taken aback by the question, not entirely sure where this is going, and so, with something of a half-smile akin to what he used to wear all the time, but much sadder, he just gives a, I guess I don't understand what my options are for that question. <laughs> I give the, the pat of the rifle, uh, you know, he's like, well, life's been strange to the two of us. I don't reckon that a few months back you would have pictured yourself here. I can say the same. So... I kind of want to shoot you for getting me stabbed. But at the same time, I'd like to think of you as a friend. So I need a way to figure out 
the situation. I was wondering if you had any thoughts. He looks taken aback for a moment, surprised in shock, but it, it almost kind of settles in onto him. He takes kind of a deep breath and a, a resigned smile that breaks down to a frown, and he looks down at his clasped hands. And in a tone of voice that sounds both very sad and very ashamed, he says, almost too quiet to hear, I begged you to run. Ah. I'm going to stand up and kind of put the gun over the shoulders. Like, so you're going to blame me? He shakes his head at that. No. How long do you think before you can stand? He uh, gives another very self-deprecating smile, or depending on Gar's perception, possibly just deprecating, and then very tentatively swings his legs over the side of his cot. Oh, no, you ain't ready yet. <laughs> Not for what I have in mind. You need a day? You need two days. So what do you have in mind, Gar? I ain't much one for talking. There's a gym on this place. I figure we can settle this in a boxing ring. You and I need to have words, but I ain't much one for talking. I'm going to give a shrug. I would like you to roll me a perception check for this. I'm going to make it a... For Gar, I'm going to make it a daunting check. I am flat out saying that any advantage or threat will be uh, ignored. Okay. I just want to see if Gar notices something. Failure and advantage. He kind of gives a nod. See you tomorrow, I guess. Give a nod, kind of look over the bed, walk off. Excellent. Roll me evens or odds. Cass is evens, Obi is odds. Cass is even. Cass walks in as Gar is leaving. I kind of uh, give a nod, and you can see me shoulder the gun, because, again, I gotta, I'm carrying a rifle around, so passing each other in the doorway is a fairly obvious act, I assume. Cass doesn't say anything to Gar. And Gar doesn't say anything either. Yep. So you're awake? Valen is sort of half sitting on the bed at this point, as he did try to sit up. Kind of clutching the sides of the sides of the frame. He's fairly pale, looks a bit more well-rested, but still looks really worse for wear. He goes, yeah, so they tell me. What happened? What was that? He stands up and walks out the door. <laughs> Due to his life, things go pop, pop, pop. Yeah, yeah they do. Let's go farting with the crash car. <laughs> <laughs> and as he walks out the door, he gives out a shout of, Gar! Turn around. You're mad? Right now. I. Mm-hmm. Cass follows. <laughs> so some quick asking around shows that while there is no boxing ring, there is a cargo bay, and that can be cleared out easily enough, and has mm-hmm. a lot of space, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come in. I'm going to take off my coat, because, you know, it's armored. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set my hat down. I'm going to take off my knuckles. So there is a, like, almost instantaneously, there is a rather massive crowd that's gathered at this. I mean, we've got 50-some refugees and soldiers that have no active job on this ship. Hey, entertainment. (laughs) To the point that pretty much any character, I mean, you're already following them, pretty much any character who wants to know that this is going on very quickly hears word that something is going on in the cargo bay. I'm going to kind of give a look around, just be like, well, folks, I ain't too sure what my rank is, but... After this is done, if I'm still the one conscious, I'm going to start court-martialing y'all. And I'm going to keep concentrating on Valen, because as far as I'm concerned, this is a private affair. And yes, I'm a dolo. I expect <laughs> the fucking public area to be clear for me. <laughs> At this point, it's, uh, it is, again, the two uh, Zabrax, uh, Rambu and Zambu. That kind of have a moment of being like, you can see like, anyone noticing them, see a, a deflated, like, oh, damn. But they turn around like, all right, guys, you heard him. Clear out. <laughs> and if I see anybody, uh, like, hanging on, just be like, and I suppose his highness also has a half-decent rank as well. Aside from anyone who might have the term PC in front of their character, everyone clears out. Mm-hmm. I would I'm not leaving. Yeah, I would have made my way down. Yeah. <laughs> I come down with med kits. <laughs> I just want to go on the record. Cass follows. Cass does not say a word. Cass does not interfere. Mm-hmm. She is just there. Uh, that could come. I feel like I should point out that Jad is probably there. Yeah, Jad is definitely there. (laughs) Jad is probably there being an idiot. I I feel like Jad was there Uh, taking bets and going... (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, like, I feel like everyone here understands this group enough to realize that something is going on right now. Like, there's... Even Jad has an additional moment being like, oh, that would have been such good... What is going on right now? (laughs) And I'd like to think because Cass was there... Yeah. That she probably has a little bit more of a... Yeah, she knows what this is about. 
Well, she knows part of what it's about. Well, yes, she knows part <laughs> of what it's about. She might just, I, I don't know if she has assumptions on what the other part of it is. Okay, so let's see. How I, can we resolve this? What do I you know Gar pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, honestly, uh, rather than running an entire combat, I figured just some sort of competitive... Roll check? Yeah, just to... And we can describe it narratively based on the results. Okay. Because, I mean, like, I'm not trying to beat the shit out of him, but again, Gar is... Experiencing a shit ton of conflicting emotions and has no idea how to resolve them. He needs to work. Th- he, need, he needs to work through it, and physical confrontation is the best way to do it. Okay, assemble your brawl check, Gar. We are going to roll this against an average check each. Okay. So I'd be running uh, two yellows, a green, and two purples. Yep. Okay. Success, Whoa. threat, triumph. Vac wins hardcore. Or er, not Vac, Gar. I'm not going to end this on the first round, but you have full description. I give you full right of description right now. Give your description. I will edit as I feel is needed, but... Gar isn't trying to come into this and just hang my anchor and end it, right? Like, he's not blindingly enraged. Although he might be physically in control of the fight, Mm -hmm. he's more sort of ducking and weaving, jabbing. Like, he wants to have a conversation that he doesn't know how to have. Okay. So, I mean, any time that Gar feels emotionally challenged and doesn't quite know what to do, he's probably going to try to, like, gut punch him to kind of cut the wind out of him. Yep. But, I mean, Gar legitimately wants to have the conversation, but All right. can't. <laughs> yep. So, looks like the imps roughed you up a bit. And again, sort of a, like a, a light wide so that he, he knows that with enough force, I want to project it. So he knows it's coming so he can block it, but with enough force so that he knows that this is not a friendly bout as we're having a conversation either. Okay. Uh, he makes the motion as if to block it, and like to the casual observer, it looks like he just missed the block. Gar's been in enough fights to know that he didn't miss anything. Mm-hmm. He let you hit him. It was the moment that it came up where it was like, I'm going to block in... And so he kind of looks up and, you know, blood is trickling down from his the side of his mouth. And he goes, it doesn't even begin to describe it. I kind of just chuckle. Just like, oh, no. This ain't going to be how it's going to calm down. And I go up to throw another swing. If he lets me hit again, I'm going to flick him. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, literally, it's just going to be another straight. If he's in a fucking martyr mood, I'm just going <laughs> to... I will let that slide. And that, that does kind of crack through. He takes a, a good swing at you. Yep. Uh, we're still on your success, so I don't think it hits, hits you, but... Again, like, I'm, I'm picturing that he's going to be able to hold his own. Like, some of these are going to... Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, so, I mean, like, I'll take the block, but at the same time, like, I'm expecting both of us to get pretty bruffed up on this, right? Yep. It's be like... <clears throat> so, what's that mean moving forward? Second roll, same, uh, same thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Three success. Versus his one success. You still win. Okay. Come on, boy. We're both the sons of powerful men. <laughs> Sharks, gotta keep moving forward. Stop moving, you drown. <laughs> and at this point, he kind of like, you know, kind of pulls back and then comes forward, fists swinging hard. Not wild, but just like on the offensive backpedaling. He's like, you have no idea what it means to drown. Having everything ripped away from you, having everything made bare, your head, your mind pulled open and cracked like a goddamn egg that they can just scramble or take from what they want. I'm gonna literally poke him in the eye. <laughs> He blocks it. Good. Be like, then tell me. Spit. Move. Complain. Fight back. Just keep swinging. You don't do what they tell you. So, I mean, none of this is being whispered, so everyone in the room is hearing this right now. (laughs) And at this point, he, you know, kind of charges forward. An uppercut comes towards you. He's like, I don't know how. And, you know, there's another swing, and it's like, every nightmare I have ever had, I relived every single night. I saw you die. I saw Cass die. I saw my father's brains exploding onto me night after night after night after night until eventually I was the one pulling the trigger. Night after night after night, I was crafted and honed into a weapon, all because my friend's father sold me out. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> 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 smile and just shove forward and just be like, yep, that's exactly it. That's exactly what happened. So damn happy you done figured it out. (laughs) I know absolutely nothing of your magical space powers. I do, however, know what it feels like to have family fall away. You think that wasn't a little hard? And I gotta kind of motion to where the force pipe came into me and just be like, we done did everything to get you back. And I'm just at this point, it's not even a sh- punch anymore. It's more of just a shove, right? It's yep. just be like, you didn't wait. <laughs> you didn't wait? Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't wait? Gave up. 
You had to fight that Inquisitor. What would have happened if OB wasn't there? What would have happened if the plan was different? He stopped swinging at that point. And again, the punches aren't coming anymore. It just shoves at this point. Yeah, and he kind of stumbles back. He looks, he was like, yeah, they beat me, Gar. I don't mean I was beaten. I mean they beat me. He defeated me. I'm going to just slap him. Yeah, he takes it. You still breathing? You ain't dead. You ain't lost. You got a home planet to liberate, don't you? Yeah. And when he starts looking down, and not a hard one, but sort of a never look down. How do you do it, Gar? Which? Ignore the family? Ignore the destiny? Ignore what's taken away? I drink too much. I kind of look around the cargo bags, and like, I don't think I ain't the best person to be asking. And you kind of look up and like, you're the only one I know. Come on, I'm... I don't mean to be an asshole here, but what your dad did to me can't be the first time he screwed you. No. How do you keep loving them? How do you keep caring when... And then he kind of takes a step and he's like, do you know what I see? Every time I look at... at... He glances to the side, he looks at Cass, but then looks to you. Mm-hmm. At you. What? I see me killing you. Because it's what I was forced to see every day and every night until it was all I could see, and I don't know how to get that out of my head. Yeah, I stayed to fight him. Because I was hoping he would kill me so I wouldn't be a weapon to be used against you. And now I'm free, and I'm grateful for that. I really am, but I don't know what to do. So I don't know how to liberate my planet or go back to my family. I know what I see father. I look at you. Before before all this, I ain't been tortured. You want to know what I see when I look at you? What? A pawn and an employee. You are beneath me. Because I am the son of Dietlin Dolo. And any respect that I give you is to forward my own ends. Or I done do it different. Literally, the only two options. You are what they make you, or you are your own. Nothing else. I'm just going to turn around. He lets you go. Start picking up my hat and my coat. Be like, you ever want a rematch, boy? I'll be in engineering. <laughs> so, like, sidesteps, so, like, as you walk by, I'll just be like, well, yeah, well, just, when you yeah. sidestep, just be like, they still got a work crew going? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> just keep going. On your way out, I hand you a nice pack. Thank you kindly. Mm-hmm. And your liquor. <laughs> <laughs> kind of give a, a, a nod at the bottle and hold the ice pack by my head and start getting liquored and hand it in engineering. Valen, for his part, hasn't moved yet. He's just kind of standing there Staring kind of down. How tall is Valen, by the way? I would say roughly 5'11". Okay. Just curious. I'm going to give him a hug. He doesn't back away. He doesn't respond either. And then I say he does it by putting one foot in front of the other. We can find your piece again. He smiles very sadly at that. Beck is going to go up to Valen and pull out his little holo communicator thing and bring up the recording of... Like him talking about, like, oh, yeah, like, we're really good friends that I re- uh, recorded from my mom before. <laughs> and I was like, see, now it's all of us together. And I just handed it to him. Like, Any problem is our problem. <laughs> okay. Look, we're, we're used to hanging around with Gar. The idea of... Any problem is everybody's problem. <laughs> 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 he kind of looks up. He's like, Gar wasn't wrong. I know. I didn't argue with him. I mean, I'm just sort of standing in the back, but, like, I'm just going to... Um, five years ago, I was in class to be an engineer. I would never have thought that anything this drastic would have happened to me. My most crazy experience was going to a bar where I was underage. That was my craziest experience. Um, we just got back from... Going to a death planet covered in lava and broke you and many others out of a imperial high security prison. Uh, yeah, I, I would never have thought I could, would be able to do anything like that. And yet, here we are. I think really it's just a matter of having the energy to 
to fight. Having the energy to actually make a change. Again, five years ago, my biggest aspiration was to get a really good job and to show my father that, hey, look, I can do this because of my own two hands and not anything that you've done. Now I'm saving people's lives from being tortured, from being killed. I'm making a difference in this galaxy. Like, that's blowing my mind. He laughs a bit at that. Like, these people... You know, they sort of give, like... I give Jad a little, like, elbow. It's like, save for this guy. I didn't know these people, like, a few months ago. And yet, honestly, I would do anything I could to make sure that they were okay. He nods as if in understanding. Whether he gets it or not is... But he seems to. If there's nothing pressing wrong with the Spectre, I'm going to start refitting the mess area into a proper kitchen. Okay. Is Cass jumping in on the love fist at all? <laughs> Cass says, I can't do this right now. And walks out of the room. <laughs> she goes back to looking into Kier. Yep. I'm going to tell him we can resume training. Now, here's just one question. Nobody knows... About Cass and Valen. Really. Except for Gar. Uh, okay, if Gar knows, yes. Um, Gar, Gar knows more than anybody else does. Gar was the one that got the hint to walk away. Yep. Um, Nobody else knows that there's anything going on other than just friendship. I would not put it past anyone who is observant at all. Like, there's clearly feelings there. I don't think anyone knows that you two have had that moment. And it just happened that me and Jad just were never around. <laughs> Jad was sleeping most of the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so he nods to you and, and says that he would like that soon. And he goes and he gathers his things, pulls his jacket back on, reholsters his blaster, clips his lightsaber, and heads out. Okay, so after some discussion, you do find Kier's room. Uh, it takes a bit of time, except a few hours. But eventually you find it. It's nondescript, and it does have a, in Orabesh, K wake wait written on it. Is it like one of those signs that like slides in? Yep. I take it out. You keep it. And I go in. It's a fairly nondescript room, much like any of the other ones on here. The room itself is maybe two meters by four meters, pretty much the area between these couches. Uh, very similar to any berth on like a submarine or anything like that. So in the wall on one side is a cot, and then on the other side is a refresher and shower that kind of can come into and out of the wall, lockers, and then a desk that is also fits itself into the wall. So it's all very compact and you know, can open up and whatnot. And the room appears to have been emptied briefly. There is a terminal built into the desk, but the closet's empty, and it doesn't look like it's been ransacked. In fact, there's still a few Imperial uniforms in there, maybe some street clothes, but not as much as someone who lived there would normally have. She's going to spend a good long chunk of time, like, looking at his clothes and sitting on his bed and sitting at his desk and just... As you're sitting on the bed, you find there's a small compartment, like, drawer near the headboard, where would be opens up uh, kind of the size of a shoe locker and inside is a small framed piece of, of a plast photograph that is of Kier and Cass from when they were kids. Smiling on a hay bale or something like that. Yep. And Cass completely comes apart and just like cries. Does anybody get me before 4am in the next morning? Because I'm, like I said, I'm refitting the mess. No one in particular. The two Zabrak boys probably came through for grub at some point. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. ignoring them, but yeah, I mean, tell them to help yourself or whatever. I'm still working. Yep. So at 4 a.m., I'm going to go find Valen again. Okay. I mean, I, of course, go to bed and get up, but is he sleeping in med bay still? He's not there. Good. I'm going to find an uh, on-duty nurse and just be like, Excuse me, darling, where would I find his majesty? She's like, he's in bed. I'm not sure. Which bed would he be in? She points to the empty one. She's like, I, I'm sorry, I thought he was there. Um, You lost your patient? Sorry, I won't tell. <laughs> but if an, I had to find him, was he doing anything peculiar like before? No, he's not on restricted bed rest. Uh, said he was heading down to the cargo bay earlier, but that was hours ago now. All right, then. Many thanks. As I'm going, I'm going to queue up the cons and just be like, dolo to end up. Go ahead, Gar. Where you at, boy? Cargo bay. I'm going to head to the cargo bay. So entering in, you find Valen sitting cross-legged in the center of the cargo bay. Two small, like, I don't know, foot-by-foot cargo boxes are slowly floating around him. 
You know, could have given a nudge, but well, if you're done with your space magic, come on. He uh, laughs. Yeah, yeah, you're a wizard. <laughs> Does the concentration maintain? Yeah, Those boxes fall. No, when he laughs, the boxes fall. <laughs> All right, you're half a wizard. <laughs> Come on. Picks himself back up and uh, follows you. Right, I'm going to head back to the master. Like, what do you know about uh, Hyperspana? Like the tool? Right. Know what end goes where. Excellent. I'm going to toss one to him. <laughs> he looks like he's confused at it. He's a royalty. He's never used one of these before. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, he goes with you. So... I assume that you know how to dance, you know how to diplomatic all fancy like. What was, what was your pappy educating you in? He starts talking about politics and whatnot and that. And I mean, like, I'll listen politely until we get to the the mess hall. I'm just like, all right, you gonna help me fix the mess? Sure. I've done some thinking. Work with my hands. You ask me a question, that's the answer. All right, let's give it a try. And I'm going to re- continue to refit the mess into a proper kitchen. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's going to continue on. And we anyone else have anything else they want to do throughout the trip? I need to have my talk with Valen. And I know everyone's going to be really bored, but Cass needs to have a talk with Valen. <laughs> All right. Well, depending on when you find him, and you can pick how many days in or, or what. Oh, it'll probably be a couple of days. Would you go looking for him early morning? Pick a time of day, and I can tell you where he is. Nighttime. Because I don't want anybody to see me talking to him. <laughs> Before midnight or after? After. Pick an hour between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Three. Three. He is in the cargo bay. At this point, you find him, uh, the door is unlocked. In fact, asking around, he was until recently in the mess hall with Gar. It's become two of their projects to work on this kitchen. Essentially, any time that they have free, although Valen does tend to take a few hours to himself here and there. While he's floating his boxes, I'm probably watching him. Uh, at this point, he's running through lightsaber katas, but you're yeah, probably still yeah. there watching him. So, Obi I'm, is in there. Obi is probably slightly disconcerted, but not quite sure what to do, because what Valen's lightsaber forms are fairly aggressive. Yes. Right now, I'm... Because of the age of Obi, mm-hmm. depending on what katas he was taught, yeah. they, they may be variations or forms, and a lot of what I'm doing is I'm studying what he's doing, and Obi's from a, a time... At least his original program is from a time before the schism, mm-hmm. and so I'm disconcerted. Yeah. Well, I should clarify, and you're disconcerted. And keep in mind, like Zero B's program is still very fractured. Yes. Like even with what I told you of what his realizations are. Yeah. He's not entirely sure what that means at this point, right? Like yeah. so, it's almost the intention of Valen's movements rather than Valen's movements himself. It's not like oh god, but just something seems off. But yeah, so you enter in. Valen is currently swinging his beam sword through a bunch of patterns, and Zirby is watching his red-bladed beam swords. <laughs> you work with what you got. Cass watches for a couple minutes, waits until he notices her. Oh, we don't have a destiny point. He's sure. <laughs> I'll let that stand. <laughs> what? The fact that that was a dark side point. <laughs> That's why I said I'll let it stand. Just wanted to point it out for the mic. After a few minutes, Valen notices you. I'm not sure if Obi did it first or not, but when Valen notices you, he uh, has a bit of a sheepish moment and uh, turns off the lightsaber. Yeah, because I'm I'm going to say that Cass has been almost entirely keeping to herself. She hasn't really talked to anybody in the last couple of days. Oh yeah, I'm flattered saying that you two have not spoken since you walked away. Yes. Would you like to give me a difficulty check? To do what? To realize I should leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that's a hard perception check with two boosts. <laughs> hey, we make it. <laughs> with advantage. <laughs> Even a non-awkward way. <laughs> is there one? This is like just awkward. Cass is awkward. Balin is awkward, and it's just awkward. <laughs> okay, so Zero B leaves? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking for a witty thing to say about love, but uh, as the... Passion leads to the dark side. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? Uh, I suppose it's passion yet serenity. And Cass turns incredibly red when he says that. So Cass reaches into her pocket and pulls out the picture of her and Kira and shows it to Valen. This is me and my brother on the farm where we grew up. 
I see. I'm going to say that the pitcher, while you two are clearly younger, and you might in fact be so young that it's not recognizable, I think Kier is recognizable enough that Valen can place one of the guys that arrested him. Mm-hmm. You remember Corellia? You remember what I said about my brother? He nods. Yeah. So, you have all been talking about family. What it means to care for someone. And what it means to have that person betray you. My brother, who raised me, who taught me how to fly, he taught me how to shoot, he taught me everything. I barely spoke to my parents as a child. It was me and Kier against the entire goddamn world. And he is actively hunting me. He knows who I am and where I am. And he is coming for me. And I have spent the last five years of my life praying every single day that he is okay. And he has spent the last five years hunting me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have lost many, many nights staying up thinking about my brother and what I'm going to say to him if I ever see him again. I don't know what they did to you. I don't know what happened to you. I know what it feels like to be betrayed, to have everything ripped away from you in a second. I know it's not the same as you, but you are not the only one who is going through things, and you are not the only one that is struggling. And, to be honest, the only thing that kept me going, when I woke up in the morning, the first thing that I thought every single day since you were captured is that you were still alive, and that was a reason to keep hoping. And so now we're here, and I don't know what to do, because everything in my life has changed. I am no longer trying to find my brother. I am trying to forget that I have a brother. He wishes at that. And I know you know. What my men did for you, Gar was tortured. And I had to watch him be tortured. And every single member of my team put their life on the line for you. And I know that you know that. And I know that you're grateful for that. But you have to realize either... You're one of us, or you're not. And I can't do this if you're not one of us. I need to know now. What is this? Where are we? I need an answer now. He kisses you. And she stops and says, that's not an answer. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls back and smiles and laughs and says, I know. Where we are, and he very pointedly means you and him. And then kind of shakes his head and shrugs helplessly with a, like, God, I wish I had the answer. I And he says, I don't know. I I know you heard what I said with Gar, but I don't know how to describe it. But you're right. I am grateful. And, yeah, I'm here 100% with you, with the rebellion, everything. Yes. I know I'm not there, but did he have any visible reaction when Cass pointed out that Gar was tortured for him? Yeah, he winced hard. Yeah. Okay. Like, he, he looks sheepish and ashamed of, of everything. Well, I'm just curious, because Gar's never bothered pointing it out to him. Yep. yep. No. He, yeah. Yeah. Like, expressing, again, expressing emotional things, not great. <laughs> I failed on so many levels. You failed. I, I didn't attack the Inquisitor. I didn't attack Avernus because I wanted to kill him. I did. So badly. But I didn't think I could. But he seemed unstoppable to me. So I was praying and hoping that you would get away. I gave in to every angry and dark feeling and emotion I had. And I don't know what to do to make that up yet. But I will. So yes, I am here. I promise to keep you safe. He smiles, but doesn't directly answer to that. You should know something. When I was taken prisoner, your brother was the only nice person to me. Not fantastic, not... He's still an imp, but... But here's the thing, Cass. I've lost a lot, yeah, and everyone has. And despite what I said to Gar, I don't feel like I was betrayed. Elam did what he did to protect his family. I can understand that, actually. And no, Gar did not betray me. No one did. Prisoner of War happens. 
But my dad's dead. I am never going to see him again. I am never going to talk to him again. I am never going to get to hear his side of things again. Your brother is not dead. He's not lost. He might be on the wrong side. And I don't know why. And then he kind of gives a shrug and he says, You said you didn't give up hope. Why not? I was as good as dead. And he kind of like, My point is, your brother's not dead yet. Do you know why I never gave up hope on you? Because I've spent the last five years not giving up hope on him. Don't give up what they tried to take away from me. Come on. Got something to show you. Uh, at this point, he kind of walks away and, and grabs his shirt, clocks up his uh, comm, says, Gar, come in. What time of day is it? It is three in the morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up Vec and Jad and them. It's time to show them. Aye. Because it is. You're terrible. <laughs> you can hear, like, I haven't turned the comm line off. You can hear, like, rubbaging on the other side. <laughs> so, your team is all assembled in the, the kitchen. I'm, I'm totally going to be the guy that wakes up back. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, I'm awake. I'm recording videos to send back to my parents. <laughs> it's like, I'm a hero. Everything's working out, actually. We went and rescued a ton of POWs. Everything's actually going way better than I thought it was. Why are you awake? I don't know. I had stuff to, to do. Why are you You're awake? You're terrible. Come on. <laughs> How are you awake? I'm <laughs> awake at this time. That's not true. You should be going to bed at this time. <laughs> you've, you've helped me to bed at this time. Are you asking me to do that again? Come on. <laughs> uh, you can just like turn off the recorder. Damn it, Vic, come on. Make it hard to be nice. <laughs> so your team is assembled in the kitchen. Or I guess the dining room to the kitchen, which has been completely refitted and refurbished by uh, Gar and Valen over the past week. Finally ready for the uh, new unveiling. When you get there, Valen gives a shrug. He's like, I figured a meal with just us before everyone else came for breakfast was a good idea. I Vet cooks. You want to help me make some food? I'm horrible no. at food. No, no, no. You help him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I ain't going to be able to afford your life that bonus this year. And I want you to have something nice. So, I'm going to push the dining room door open. And you see a uh, extremely nice five-star restaurant-level kitchen. Possibly not fully stocked at this point, but it's all there. Alrighty, so you're starting to get the same look as, like, when I was looking at the minigun or the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! Uh, You ain't getting another bonus. (laughs) This is it. Thanks. Hi, boss. <laughs> Garg is a great big smile. <laughs> I haven't said that in a while. So. <laughs> I had no back. All right, so uh, meals are made, and you know you guys have a nice meal together. Jason has previously said that because there's no skill for it, he thinks that Vec is a phenomenal chef. I agree. Yep. <laughs> I've got the big chef hat and everything. Yep. <laughs> I feel like flambés are special. People let me do them the way I like them anymore, though. <laughs> oh no, there, there, there's a um, like a natural gas line in here, like siphoned off from the end. Like Gart took out everything. Like <laughs> yeah, this. Oh, I could actually do it around here without an MP showing up. <laughs> I promise it would have been fine. I was looking through the window. That didn't look fine. It was fine. <laughs> I think we've made it clear on more than one instance that we trust you with our lives, Meg. Well, can I give uh, the Billy tab? She's like, I obviously trust you with my life. This is important. All right, so you enjoy a, uh, a fine meal with each other. Possibly still a little tense, but... Still with a very strong sense of relief, I think, among everyone, as things start to Gar no longer feels tension. Yeah, Gar doesn't feel tension. (laughs) Gar has not felt tension for days. (laughs) He got to have a fight, and he worked on something mechanical. He's good. And then eventually the uh, Spectre makes its way to Moncala, where you guys are essentially given R&R for the next three months. Now, you might be assigned to small jobs with the Alliance and whatnot. During this time, the Alliance works on assembling and reconsolidating its forces. Part of the reason why is that a new place for Alliance High Command has been chosen, and work to move Alliance High Command to the planet Hoth is starting to get underway. Meanwhile, the fleet itself is being refitted and remobilized and redivided. In particular, 
one fleet known as Salvation Squadron under the command of uh, a Mon Calamari cruiser called the Salvation is being put together. So this is there's kind of a, a, a tiered down level here. One of the ships in the Salvation, in the squadron, is a Nebulon B frigate called the Defiance. The Defiance is being placed under the command of the newly promoted Captain Nyathal. She's transferred over to the Navy and has gone up by one rank. So Salvation Squad and then Defiance and she's commanding Defiance? Yes. Okay. And on the Defiance is where you guys are being stationed. And you are being reorganized into a squad called Havoc Squad. Named for a near-legendary Old Republic squad, Nyathal's a bit of a history buff. So the Spectre is being given to you, as is the hyperdrive-capable TIE Interceptor that was recovered from Mustafar. And the Minoc, of course, is still yours. All three of these are now on the Defiance. And so over the next three months, you you know, it's divided up between R&R, small missions, and then helping to get things refitted and, and stuff in place as you guys prep for the next missions. And I want to uh, to go on the record and say everybody knows the Cash and Valen are like a thing now. All right. While they are definitely a thing, Valen still has fairly frequent, but not as not constant moments of being distant or introspective or just mysteriously often broody. If he stays broody for longer than three days, I take him back to the boxing ring. <sighs> Doesn't tend to happen, but there's probably been at least one time that that's happened. Yep. Because again, not so great with that. <laughs> And the last two things that I will throw out to give a bit of levity or interesting is for you two in particular. So at some point near the end of the three months, first off, 0B1, you're getting a bit of a diagnostic done, something fixes, whatever, and you look at a star map, like a galaxy map, and all of a sudden a coordinate in your mind almost starts flashing up, and you feel drawn to that point. And there's a part of you knows that whatever is possibly broken inside Valen, the first step to finding a way to fix it is there. You... Get a message from your mother, which essentially is along the lines of, Dear Vec, glad you're doing okay. Good things are finally starting to work out, I guess. Dot, dot, dot. Enclosed is a letter from your uncle. By the way, his funeral was last month. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) So your uncle is one that your mom didn't really talk about a lot. He's something of a black sheep of the family. You were never really sure why. And inside the letter says... And to my, my youngest and favorite nephew, Vec, I bequeath my ship, the pride of Corellia, which is his in ownership and possession, should he choose to stay one night aboard the fine vessel. You have a Scooby-Doo story. I do. I like a Scooby-Doo story. <laughs> Can I just, like, write Haunted Beside It? <laughs> you totally can write Haunted Beside It. <laughs> And while I haven't exactly figured out how it'll be told to you guys in character, the third plot hook that is going to be thrown out for next time for you guys to to pick and choose between is a rebel mission. And it's that the Rebellion is attempting to set up its new base on Hoth, but those darn airspeeders keep breaking, and some military-grade thermal regulators are going to need to be found. Question? Yes. Does this three-month jump mean that Corellia is now formally part of the Empire? Between now and then, yes, that will happen. Okay, so Gar starts having his nightly, like, I mean, celebratory drink or, I mean, more, I mean, a shot to morning, basically. Yep. So, in Havoc Squadron in particular, or, sorry, Havoc Squad particularly, so Katari Dannon is promoted to the rank of commander and is given official command of whatever the Spectre is now going to be called. We, I'll give all these out again, so don't worry too much. I'm actually throwing these out on the wiki. Uh, they will be up on the wiki eventually, yes. Paul Tem is going to be a Keldor, and he's her executive officer. Rambu and Zambu will be joining as soldiers for you guys. So, the two Zabrak squads. And then on the Defiance itself, there's Nyathal. Valen is probably going to be part of uh, Havoc Squad, from the sounds of everything. If you remember from Horizon Base, the Todarian mechanic Kobu has been transferred to the Defiance, and is now your chief mechanic. Yay! I remember him. He was funny. Mm-hmm. He didn't like jazz. Nope. Jaren Voss is the commander of Bandit Squadron, one of the X-Wing squadrons on the Defiance. Hako is a member of his squadron, and then there's a uh, another pilot, but he's got a funny name, and I don't think he's that important. So yeah, any other questions or anything like that? Who's the medical officer? Does anyone else besides me watch Battlestar Galactica, the, the reimagined one? Yeah, anyway, the doc on that will probably be my inspiration for it, Doc Cottle, who is this, like, gruff, chain-smoking prick. Does really nice guy. What? Does he like to box? No, we think you're stupid for that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't decided that yet. But if I if I wasn't stupid, how would he have job security? 
<laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, and congrats on finishing season one. Thank you for listening to the Rogues Alliance Actual Play Podcast. For character bios, fan art, and more, check out our wiki page at roguesalliance.wikia.com. Music and sound effects are owned by LucasArts, Lucasfilm, Valve, the Walt Disney Company, or are from the sites freesound.org, freesfx.co.uk, and tabletopaudio.com. Questions and comments can be sent to feedback at roguesalliance.ca. Tune in every two weeks for more of our ongoing adventures as we blow stuff up, learn rules, and generally have a good time. Zero B one is Baymax. <laughs> I need to have my talk with Valen, and I know everyone's gonna be really bored, but Cass needs to have a talk with Valen. What, what do you mean really bored? This is like it's <laughs> part of role playing. Like <laughs> people are patient when other people I just, do it. I like, just feel like Cass is like, oh, I'm doing all these things, and I'm like, what's everybody else doing? Like I don't want it to just be all on Cass, but Cass is really broken right now. She's having a rough go. It's, so. it's a it's a reasonable thing for yeah. you wanting. Okay. Okay. Time with them. Brit, it's really fun to watch your face turn bright, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's like TV. <laughs> if he if he gets too broody at night. <laughs> Alright. I'm I'm not helping with that. <laughs> I'm not finishing the sentence. <laughs> um so. You're in charge of wrestling, I'm in charge of boxing. Got it. Uh, yep. <laughs> You don't do what they tell you. You do what he tells you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the irony is lost on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rambo and Zambu. Rambu and Zambu. Awesome. Their parents sucked. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if their last name was like Tombu. <laughs> no, that's a cousin. <laughs> yeah. Vac wins hardcore. Or er, not Vac, Gar.